are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A very special Daily Roundup today. A birthday Daily Roundup. Yes, the big 25th birthday for me today. Uh, Kidding. Anyway, a little bit about Bachelor in Paradise, a little bit about something I'm working on. In regards to Bachelor Nation, although unfortunately I can't give out too many details. A little bit more on the party this weekend. We've got Reunion Part 2 of Vanderpump Rules tonight. I've got some Scandaval information that happened yesterday. Not any inside information. I'm just talking about Tom posting on his Instagram that is so tone deaf. But what do you expect from this guy? And then something I tweeted out and put on my Instagram stories last night, a very, very concerning article regarding one of my top three shows of all time, Lost. Um, There is a book coming out on Tuesday that exposes the the behind-the-scenes, well, horrible culture that was behind the scenes during Lost uh, when it aired back in the early 2000s. So we'll get to all that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. New episodes every Friday. Go to comingoutforlove.com, click on bundles in the upper right-hand corner, choose whatever bundle you'd like, and then at checkout, type in promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. So yes, today is my birthday. Who do I share a birthday with in the celebrity world? Well, let's see. Clint Eastwood. Joe Namath, comedian Chris Elliott, Leah Thompson, yes, Lorraine Baines McFly, shares a birthday with me. Congratulations, Leah. Brooke Shields, Colin Farrell, some other ones, um, Peter Yarrow from Peter, Paul, and Mary, (laughs) Uh, Tom Berenger, singer Corey Hart, (laughs) the sunglasses at night guy, sweet. I'm just reading this for the first time, by the way. Uh, Rapper DMC from Run DMC. Amazing Race host, Phil Keoghan. Actor Eric Christian Olsen from NCIS LA. Rapper Waka Flocka Flame. (laughs) Singer Normani Hamilton from Fifth Harmony. Other popular or historical birthdays on May 31st. Walt Whitman, Pope Pius XI, Don Amici, and Kenny Lofton, former uh, Cleveland Indian. Not bad. Congratulations. Happy birthday to all of you who celebrate a birthday with me. But, yeah, I've never been a huge birthday guy ever. It's always been a, a, a small thing. I believe this will be five years in a row now that tonight me and my family are going to the Olive Garden for dinner. So, yeah, I'm not a person who says, oh, it's my birthday week. Oh, it's my birthday month. Do everything for me. It's just like, yeah, it's just I've never been a big birthday guy. It's just another day to me. It's whatever. As I get older, do I appreciate them? Eh, whatever. And it's it is kind of weird. Um as I told you yesterday in my podcast, my 30-year high school reunion is this summer. That's bizarre. As much as I'm looking forward to it, it also means I haven't been in high school for 30 years, and that seems really weird. 
So, yeah, um, just a small Olive Garden dinner <laughs> tonight with my family. I believe this is year five in a row now I've done this. There might have been one year in there where I said, you know what, I don't feel like Olive Garden, let's go somewhere else. But it's usually always been um, Olive Garden. So, yes, maybe I'll post uh, a video from there, talk about my tour of Italy that I'm sure I'm going to order. But, yeah. Um, so, what do you know? Birthday today, leave for Vegas tomorrow. Can't beat that. Um, I don't really have a lot of Bachelor in Paradise news, but I will say I am kind of working on something that's happened in Bachelor Nation within the last two months. And that's about the extent that I could give to you as of right now because I'm still gathering details. It's not a positive story about uh, somebody in the franchise, and we'll just leave it at that. I, It's not some just ginormous major scandal that's going to rock Bachelor Nation, but it is something that was brought to my attention, and there's... Um, there's something that, that, that came along with it. It isn't just rumor or gossip or whatever. Uh, the timing of this adds up. I'm just trying to get all the details so when I present the story, there aren't uh, more questions. But, um, and hopefully, and I've reached out to one of the parties involved. I want to get their response because last night was when I got, I heard about this a couple weeks ago and I just kind of sat on it, and then last night I was sent something else, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I will now uh, go with it. So I wanted to contact, though, one of the parties involved and see. They might not even respond to me. I don't know, you know, because there's this, you know, stigma. I'm I'm trying to help them, but maybe they don't look at it that way. So hopefully I will hear from them soon. I'll hear back, and once I get that, then I can kind of explain um a little bit about what I'm talking about here. I know that's vague. Sorry, but that's the best I can do right now uh, without going into details about anything because I have to get more details myself. But the main thing I have. As for my party this weekend that I talked about yesterday or at Friday night, um, it is sold out. There are no spots available. And anybody who's interested in next year's party, you can just email me at steve at realitysteve.com and just plant the seed and say, hey, I'm, I'm interested just to kind of get your name out there. So when I do release next year's date for the party, which will probably won't be until January of 2024, when I release the date, the party's going to be in June again. Um, I can at least email you back and say, Hey, the party date is set. Are you still interested? But if you are interested in coming to next year's party, by all means, just email me, but I have no availability for this year's party at all. In fact, like I said yesterday, I think I kind of overbooked it. So, um, might be a tight squeeze in there, but those who have been to the party in the past know it can get a little toasty. Even if I put the air conditioning all the way down to 65 degrees with that many people in there, it just sometimes is too much. But I am going to try my best this year uh, to see if there's any other way I can get air circulating in that thing, but it might be tough. But I'm looking forward, to, again, to everybody who's coming out to the party. Taco bar, pasta bar, beer and wine, open bar for the three hours of the party. Should be good times all around. I appreciate everybody who has responded, everybody who is coming out. 
And like I said, if you're interested, just email me at steve at realitysteve.com for next year's party. I can put you on the list, and I'll get in contact with you in January of next year when I know the exact date, and then just see if you're still interested then. So tonight we have part two of the Vanderpump Rules reunion show. And I'm assuming tonight we're going to get our first glimpse of Raquel being brought out stage and Sheena's going to have to be brought off because of the restraining order. I really hope they don't keep Raquel off the show for two of the three parts of the reunion show. That'll just be such a tease. Or I hope they don't bring her on at the very end of tonight so it leads into, oh, she's fully in part three. It's just like, come on already. Let's go. We want to hear from Raquel. We still don't know what this revelation is that producers are talking about. Everybody's reporting stuff. Even Ducks Moy once again falsely reported what it was by putting out there, just posting something that somebody wrote on the blind item saying, oh, the new revelation for Vanderpump is that Lisa knew about it since September. And Lisa Vanderpump literally came out on Twitter and said, absolutely not. I did not know about it. I wish I would have. And I know what the revelation is, and that ain't it. So once again, Ducks Moy doing what they do best, stoking the flames and posting shit that they don't even bother to vet. It's just it's unbelievable what they're able to get away with. I hope somebody sues the pants off them at some point. It's garbage. I'm telling you. I know you guys love it. You're feeding into it. It's garbage. Sorry, it is. They are what's killing journalism right now. They are what's killing the whole misinformation campaign. It's just so easy to fall for that stuff. Because now people are still not going to believe, oh, no, I don't think that's it. It's just like, why are you posting it if you didn't vet it whatsoever? And you're just, hey, someone sent me this email that claims that they know what the revelation is on Vanderpump Rules. It's a thousand percent wrong, yet they're putting it out there just it's unreal anyway we don't know what it is there's been so many guesses maybe somebody has guessed it but until the show actually reveals what it is the can i keep calling them contestants all the people on vanderpump i haven't heard one of them say yeah i heard i saw somebody guess it nobody seems to know what this thing is everyone's got their guesses everyone's got their theories but nobody seems to know exactly what it is and said yes i you know, work behind the scenes. Here it is. This is what, you know, I haven't heard one, but maybe, maybe somebody has. Yesterday, Tom Sandoval decided to tell everybody how great his band is doing. He took to Instagram, obviously not acknowledging anything going on in his personal life or what he did to Ariana for eight months behind her back. No, he wants to let everybody know that he's going to post articles that are propping up his Scandoval band. Tom Sandoval and the most extras. You know, somebody wrote an article and he literally took a screenshot of the article and put it as one of his 10 slides on yesterday's post. The Scandoval drama isn't a total loss for Tom Sandoval. While his affair with Raquel Levis is definitely costing him friendships, it's not hurting his finances where his band is concerned. They've been a big hit among all the drama. For example, their show at the Wolf Den at Mohegan Sun Casino and Resort in Connecticut earlier this month had a massive turnout, blah, 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 blah. Tom's crew sold out the Gramercy Theater in New York City the following night. Tom's band also sold out shows in Pennsylvania and Texas. Their venue in particular expected 1,000 fans to show up, but instead was bombarded with twice that number, making it one of the club's most successful shows ever. I mean, this is what 
this guy's doing. Like, hey, I'm done talking about my affair and how I treat people and how toxic I am, but look at my band. Look at us go. Look at how great we are. We're doing wonderful despite all this negative press that I'm getting. It's like, talk about deflection. My gosh. And by the way, like I said, I've never seen his band in person, but I've seen enough clips online and seen enough clips of him singing. He's not a good singer. He sucks. And I love, I love watching live music and cover bands of songs from the 80s and 90s. It's like one of my favorite things to do is go listen to cover bands. I've heard 20 cover bands better than this garbage. I just don't think he's any good. If he was a great singer, I'd be like, yeah, horrible guy but I dig his music. Not the case. I don't. I think he's a horrible singer. I don't think he's very good at all. Doesn't seem very talented. And oh yeah, the article also um, promotes the fact that he is how many days sober? Um, 50 days sober. Again, he's just, he he's deflecting from what people really care about. We don't care that you sold out a thousand seat arena for your band that sings crappy cover songs. Sorry. Man, this guy. I mean, we're all fascinated, and we all want to know what this revelation is. I hope it revolves around Tom, and it's like things... Whatever we thought about the whole situation with Raquel, I hope we find out it's actually worse than it was, and he looks even worse. I hope it's not about, you know, Lala or James, my new favorite person in the world. (laughs) Uh, I certainly don't hope it's anything negative towards Ariana or Sheena, just have it be about Tom and that and and make things uh, worse for him. Because I feel like, not that he's getting off scot-free, he certainly isn't, but clearly people don't seem to care about, you know, his band. They're doing well. So, I don't know. I don't really get it, but everyone's got their favorites and they're not going to let it deter them. So, that's what we have to live with now. Tom Sandoval deflecting. What a shocker. And finally, I want to talk about what I put on Twitter last night along with what I posted on Instagram story, which was a screenshot uh, from an article that came out in Variety magazine yesterday called Lost Illusions, the untold story of the hit show's poisonous culture. And this has to do with the television show Lost from the early 2000s. Anybody that listens to me, anybody that's listened to my podcast or read my column anytime in the last 15 years knows that Lost is in my top three shows. 24 is number one. Friday Night Lights is number two. Lost is number three. So very big fan of the show. And I am one of those people that did not hate the finale at all. I didn't love it, but I didn't have the visceral hatred toward it that a lot of people did. I was fine with it because I didn't put the expectations on that we were going to get every single question answered over six seasons on a show that had so many different wild ass scenarios, weird ass mysteries. We were never going to get every answer. I don't know why people thought you were going to get it wrapped up in a two hour finale, but I guess some people did. I was fine with it. But this article yesterday in Variety magazine is basically an excerpt uh, from a book. And that book is called, sorry, that book is called Burn It Down. Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood. It's written by Maureen Ryan, and it comes out Tuesday. 
So you can order this on Amazon. I have no affiliation with this. I am not. I didn't even know about this until yesterday when somebody retweeted it on my timeline and I saw it and I immediately clicked on the article. I read it and I was like, whoa. So we've heard of all the stories in Hollywood with men in power abusing their power. And this goes to the set, not even the set, the writing room of Lost. And basically what this writer did was get a hold of, I I didn't even know this until yesterday, but apparently over the years, there's always been rumblings that behind the scenes at Lost was a shit show. And there was a lot of not great behavior going on. So I guess what this writer did was follow up on it and did a bunch of Zoom interviews and in-person interviews with former writers of the show, people who worked on the show, actors on the show. Uh, The main two writers, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, were presented after, I guess, this person went to everybody and had their whole story ready to go. Then they went to the two writers and said, hey, this is what some of your former writers said about you said about things that happened during writing for the show. Here's what some of your actors said. And it was a pretty scathing expose and doesn't make them look good. And you're going to have to read it for yourself because there's so many details in there that I can't remember all of them. I want you to, to read the article. If not read the article, buy the book because it also talks about things that happened on other shows as well, including Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, The Goldbergs, what were some of the other ones? Those are the only two that come to mind right now. But it it goes and covers what was going on behind the scenes. It, all about poor behavior behind the scenes where literally this author just got people to talk. Some on record, some used, a, some used an anonymous name, some used their real name. So uh, it's both a mix. And for Lost, they definitely got uh, the actor who played Michael, Harold Perrineau, who basically went over the fact that he believed he was fired because he spoke out against he didn't like the way his direction, the direction his black character uh, was headed. And he was the one, remember, he had a son, Walt, and Walt got kidnapped, and then Michael was basically searching for his son all of season two, and he says he was written off the show because he voiced his displeasure about his storyline and voiced his displeasure that, All the main stories were going to the four white main leads, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Locke, which they were. I mean, you can't dispute that. This show was about Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Locke, and anybody that was a person of color got a secondary storyline. Then they talked about contract negotiations, all this stuff. It is a fascinating, fascinating read and just talks about the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. Now, this is a show from 15 years ago. So these actors and writers that were contacted by this author who wrote the article and wrote the book, well, the article is just an excerpt from the book, so I'll just refer to it as a book. But the author who wrote the book did extensive interviews with a lot of people behind the scenes, and they're recalling things that happened 15 years ago. Could they have, you know, forgotten a certain thing or maybe something that they told the author wasn't exactly how it went down because... You don't remember your exact wording from something you said 15 years ago? I guess it's possible. But that's not to say they're lying. It's just that what happened was this author got all this stuff, 
from former writers and actors from Lost and then seemingly went to the main two writers, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, and said, I'm doing a book. This is going in the book. I want your response. And put them on the spot and said, hey, this former writer said this and read them all of their complaints. Damon Lindelof seemed to acknowledge the fact that he failed and he did not have a great working environment. There were times where I felt like he was sincere and remorseful, but then there were also times where he hid behind the I didn't know. Carlton Cuse seemed to basically deflect everything, did not speak to this author, answered questions through a PR representative. So the author emailed the PR person, Carlton Cuse emailed back. But from what I gathered, the author never spoke face-to-face with Carlton Cuse, never did a Zoom call. It was all, here's an email question list that I have for you. Answer them for me. And he and he answered them in email form back. He was very, very, he comes across as a total dick and comes across as somebody that, again, abused his power as the head writer of the most popular show in the early 2000s. So basically did whatever the hell he wanted. There was basically a ton of misogyny, bullying, racism, basically a lot of hazing going on for people that were writing for the show. And now looking back on it, they're basically saying that wasn't right. And so when Damon Lindelof, the other head writer, was presented with this stuff, like I said, there are times where it sounds like he's remorseful. And he does admit, I was not good at handling my job back then. And I absolutely screwed up in the way we handled certain characters on the show. He does seem to be way more remorseful than Carlton Cuse, who basically kind of just pleads the fifth on everything and basically hides behind the, you know, I had no idea this was going on. I'm sorry those people feel that way. Like that was his seemingly response to every allegation that this author brought to him by former actors and former writers that worked right underneath him when they had a D and he, he would say, no, that that conversation never happened. And she's like, well, I spoke to this person who said this is exactly what happened. So it's a matter of, you know, who you believe. But in this situation, I'm sorry, but the head writers, two white head writers in those popular show in the early 2000s aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt when something like this comes up, nor should they. Because we all know what was going on. And yes, it was different times back then. It wouldn't fly right now. You wouldn't think. But, you know, you got to look at it. Once again, if you're in a position, if you're going to sit there and complain that, oh, these writers are now coming forward later, why didn't they, why didn't they complain them? Number one, they did complain then. And they were basically told, you know, to write for a show like that is a big career advancement. And the ones that did speak up and then the ones who now spoke to this author for this book, they talk about, yeah, I spoke up and I basically lost my job. So that's what I mean. It, I, I'm, I'm definitely ordering this book. I'm definitely going to get it. It comes out on June 6th. And um, like I said, it's called, if you want to check it out, it's on the Amazon list. It's called Burn It Down. Power, Complicity, and a Call for Change in Hollywood. And it talks about, uh, oh, here are the other shows. Um, Problematic situations at companies like Lucasfilm, Saturday Night Live, The Goldbergs, Lost, Sleepy Hollow, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, and more. So they interview actors and famous people on the creative side. And uh, I can't wait to read it because just this one chapter 
that Variety released yesterday was very eye-opening. It doesn't mean I think Lost sucks now and I'm never going to watch the show or never have it be one of my favorite shows. It's just interesting to learn stuff like this and, and kind of what was going on behind the scenes, you know? Um, there's nothing you can do uh, now about it other than change the behavior going forward for writers who might be dealing with it now. I mean, not now because we're in a writer's strike, but once we're back to television shows, maybe somebody who is a writer for a television show is dealing with this currently right now on a show that they're involved in. And they see this book and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to say something. And if I get fired because of it, you know, I have an outlet. You know, I think it's just it's good for people uh, to read. So check that out. The link to the Variety article, which is a chapter from the book, is on my Twitter feed and it's on my Instagram story for the next, you know, probably 20 hours or so, 18 hours. So check that out. Anyway, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Fun, fun birthday episode. How about that? <laughs> um, Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now, so check that out. And then, uh, obviously, we'll be back tomorrow with yet uh, another Daily Roundup, another Sports Daily, and podcast number 341 with Ingrid Weiss from Joe Schmo 2. You're really going to want to watch this one, or excuse me, listen to this one, uh, because it's very interesting how she feels about the show, even 20 years later now. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Subscribe. Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Very, very important. Leave a review if you'd like. Leave a star rating if you'd like. That helps as well. But subscribing is the best thing you can do for this podcast. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!